This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 309 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Buy Me to D Wormers and Total Saddle Fit. It's para week on the show, and with Mother's Day coming up, we talked to a couple of para moms about the joys and challenges of being moms of a para rider. Plus, later in the show, the total saddle fit tip of the week is a horse massage tip, and it's about the masseter muscle. Paul from Jupiter, Florida, and Regina Cristo from Sand Lake, New York. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you this week by the United States Para Equestrian Association. And we also have our producer, Glenn, with us. Hi, guys. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you, Regina. <laughs> and, and the same to you, Lindsay. You'll be celebrating your first Mother's Day this year, which is fantastic. I will be celebrating my 33rd. Wow. Woohoo. Yeah, I remember my first Mother's Day. It's pretty special. Oh, I'm excited. I, I heard that you guys kind of make it a whole day of you. I, I have to know more about this. Oh, well, traditionally with the mom of four boys, uh, now age 23 to 33, uh, you know, Mother's Day was pretty special around here, and I actually used to call it, and still do call it, Worship Day. Um, And this year, I'm actually going to be judging a horse show on Mother's Day, so I won't even be here for the brunch they have planned. Um, We'll be together later in the day. It'll be exciting. My baby's eight months now, and... uh... Being a mom is amazing. I know we'll be talking on the show today to two different moms, um, Anna Collier, who's mom to Sydney, and Tina Wentz, who's mom to Jonathan Wentz. And I know what my mom did for me and my dad at the horse shows. I mean, I could not have done it without them. From in the beginning, all the trailering, and then my mom running the entry fees in and rechanging the entry fees when my trainer last second would be like, oh, and add the application class to the to the spin. My mom was mm-hmm. drawn a mile to the to the horse show booth and changed the entries and throw the check in there and then, you know, grabbing the horse and washing the horse and doing all the extra stuff. So I know we have to thank our moms out there for, for all the help that, you know, they've done for us. And I hope I can be as good as my mom was for me. Well, I'm sure you will. And that beautiful little baby of yours. And I'm, I'm <laughs> sure as soon as she can, she'll be in her first lead line class. <laughs> I hope so soon. Well, we're I'm heading back to Ohio, and I hope to put her on a horse soon. Excellent, excellent. Well, she is absolutely beautiful, and you guys are hope to have a wonderful Mother's Day. So our program today, as you know, Lindsay, is going to be uh, with a couple of our wonderful paraquestrian rider moms, and that both have uh, experience right from the start at schooling shows with their kids when they were young, right up through the international level. And we're thrilled to welcome Anna Collier and Tina Wentz to the show and, and talk to them and get some advice for them for the future paramoms. Right after this message from our sponsor, we'll be speaking with Anna Collier, mom to Sydney Collier. Anna Collier has uh, been around the 
the horse show world for a little while now with Sydney, and Sydney is quickly approaching. She uh, rode at the World Equestrian Games, and she's quickly approaching, hopefully making the Paralympic Equestrian Team. So we'll hear from Anna and her perspective and and uh, being in the ring and being out of the ring and being a cheerleader for Sydney. We all know the importance of deworming our horses, and Dr. Ellefson of Buy Me to Equine is helping us make sure we are doing it right. Listen for his four-part series the first week of every month on this very show. I just wanted to remind everyone, if you are due for deworming, why not save a few bucks on the popular Buy Me to line of wormers, including Equimax, Bimectin, Exodus, Exodus Multidose, and Equal. You can find coupons and special offers at buymediaequine.com, including a variety of rebate offers from cash to free ivermectin. You can also get up to $2 a dose back for Equimax. And while you're at Buy Me to Equine, get your free horse health record keeper, and you can just download it there. Plus, learn a bunch about parasites and deworming at buymeda, that's B-I-M-E-D-A, equine.com. We at the Horse Radio Network all use Buy Me to Dewormers because we want the best for our horses, and we know you want the best for yours, too. Buymeatequine.com, and tell them the Horse Radio Network sent you. Hi, Anna. Thanks for coming on the show today with Regina and I. Absolutely. I am thrilled and honored to be invited on. And we should also mention that we have Sydney on here just to keep you straight, just in case. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Good to be here. (laughs) Well, we're excited to talk to you tonight a little bit about being a mom. We have Mother's Day coming up, so I'm excited to kind of hear your your perspective on things in the equestrian world. Absolutely, and I I would love to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, because there there are lots of them, and I have a wonderful one, too, that's helped me become who I am. So, Happy Mother's Day to everyone. Getting started, what's it been like since you and your family have become involved with this international sport? Wow. Well, it's been it, it's been an incredible journey. Um, I'm I'm not quite sure how to put it all into words. Um, it's it's been for our family challenging and amazing and like everything wrapped into one. Um, you know, Sydney really started us on this path with her passion for riding and um and we we kind of as a family decided that her her passion made us feel passionate about helping her do what her dreams were and there's been a lot of sacrifices along the way but I am blessed to have such an incredible support system not just in my own immediate family but in grandparents and in-laws and brothers and sisters. I mean, the, the circle is wide in our family for this have all to come together. That's great. That's great. So also, as a mom, Anna, has it been tough to watch Sydney ride, um, especially in the high-performance uh, arena and the high-performance horses? And how is it different from when you started out just doing the local and national um, shows? You know, it's a great question because people ask that to me a lot. And um, for me, it hasn't been hard because part part of Sydney's journey has really been us helping her to be as prepared as she could at every level. And Sydney really started riding when she was seven at the schooling level and just on school horses and, you know, moved her way up as, as she and 
uh, saw her ability start to grow and develop and be ready for the next step. And, you know, when Sydney started riding at the international level, um, you were able to do uh, catch riding at international shows. And because I saw the passion in Sydney and the seriousness that she took her riding, and I felt confident that we had followed such a kind of a, a ladder, uh, you know, up to where she was, I felt incredibly confident in watching her. And, and when you see her sitting on a horse, it, it just comes out of every pore how, how much she appreciates what horses give to her. And I've heard sometimes you don't watch some of her rides due to nerves. Is that is that true? It's you know that's funny too. And I and I would I would say there is probably a part of nerves that's in there because you know any parent that watches their child go into any sport or any any academic thing you want your child to be successful. Um, but I, ironically, it kind of is ponies that created that that little avenue of exit for me. When Sydney was uh, eventing, we had a wonderful pony. And at one of her very first events, um, I learned quickly that standing by one of the cross-country jumps, the pony thought that if he got to me, then I'd take him back to the trailer to eat. <laughs> so I, I learned that. Yeah, I learned that it wasn't the best thing for me always to be right there for Sydney and watching her. And and out of that grew this incredible confidence in Sydney that I felt confident and her dad felt confident that she could go into a show ring and didn't didn't need me there um to to be successful. And I I guess that's one thing that I can't stress enough is that, you know, as Sydney progressed up the levels and is riding at the international levels, that that feeling of independence is so important for the success to happen. Um, you know, Sydney needs to do it for herself, not for me or anybody else. And and it was wonderful. You know, it was maybe a gift that the ponies gave me this ability to walk away. Yeah, because it's not always easy to walk away as mothers when our our kids are especially on horseback. Um, so, mm-hmm. so Anna, I know you stand um, at the corners for Sid along with family members, or I've actually had the the honor of standing in the corner for Sid during um, her, some of her tests. And could you explain what? Uh, why you are in the four corners to our listeners, so they kind of understand why. Uh, Sydney particularly has that happening while she rides? Absolutely, yeah. No, it's because I want the best seats when she's riding. No. <laughs> it, it actually is a, <laughs> it actually is, is a, a safety function um, for both the horse and the rider. Uh, for the horse, at the lower grades, um, some of our high-performance horses, because they are such extremely talented, athletic animals, they, when an electric atmosphere happens, they, they can, as everybody knows, feel a little bit of the excitement going on. And um, in, in our lower grades, if something was to happen, the people in the corners are able to go out and catch the horse for the rider, just make sure that everything goes okay. So it's kind of a twofold thing, and, and, um, and it does give you a great view of the whole show. <laughs> And what's it been like, Anna, at, I guess, what do you do at the shows? Could you kind of give me an idea of your role? 
Oh, absolutely. I I am kind of a, a jack of all trades. I uh, help get the horse ready. I uh, will, you know, collect any paperwork that needs to be done. I uh, can be a dog walker if necessary for potty breaks. I, um, I I'm sometimes just a shoulder. Sometimes I'm I'm a uh, getting a person dressed up for jog. Uh, I just anything I need to step in, I do, and then. When it comes down to, you know, the riding and that, it's up to Sydney and her trainer, Wes Dunham, to, to put on, you know, a show that they have been working hard and training for, you know, every single day. And it's, for me, then, an honor to step back and, and let the two of them and Wentworth or whichever horse she might be riding, you know, just come together and go and do their best in the ring. I know I couldn't have done it without my mom. I know you're kind of playing that same exact role my mom did in the ring. And she got me to the ring. She filled out the paperwork. She went to the trailer to do the entry fees. And, and then she did everything else for, the, for me and that horse. And I couldn't thank her enough. So I know, Sydney, you're on the phone right now. And uh, could you kind of tell us how thankful you are for, for everything your mom does? Yeah, my mom, I'm so thankful to have my mom on my side. And she really is the best teammate that I could possibly have and the best momager. <laughs> Journey quiet. <laughs> Some deer is out on the front lawn. <laughs> Journey just wanted to say hey. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm only really thankful for my mom and I try to tell her every day how happy I am to have her on my team as, an, as a part of my journey towards the Paralympics eventually. Well, that's great because we all know moms kind of help the horse show world go around. Um, my mom was not a horse person, but my dad was a horse person, but my mom ended up having to go to shows with us. And my mom would hold the horse at the very, very end of the lead rope and she'd pull the trailer with the station wagon and the whole nine yards. Um, so all moms want to help their kids, no matter how experienced. So we love our moms. In the end, we get to then hand hand off the reins to, you know, our kids as they learn the ropes. And I think that's that's one of the things that I've been really proud as Sydney has, has kind of developed as a rider and become older and more mature is that you know, she's really watched how I functioned and has been able to take over on a lot of those things. You know, obviously there are physical aspects that, you know, her disability Make, may make more challenging for her, um, but there are parts where she has figured out that she can step in and, and do what she needs to do to be as independent as possible. Right, right. So, Anna, there's been a lot of exciting moments and a lot of tough moments, um, as you very well know, at all levels of um, competition. Um how do you and Sydney communicate and work through these tough moments? Because I'm sure everybody is experiencing them. How do you guys handle it? You know, I, I have to give Sydney a lot of credit on this one because one of the things that um, that Sydney has really taught me is an ability to roll with the punches. And you know, everything in life has two sides to it. And Sydney really has an incredibly unique ability to find the good parts in anything. And it's been such a gift for me. Um, at some of the hardest times of my life, she always has a smile and something something to say that you, you are amazed that she can, can find it. And, um, 
you know, getting up to, to WEG, you know, we had one of those big moments where it became very challenging when our own horse had to step back from where we had hoped he would go. And um, there, there wasn't a moment where Sydney thought about anything else than Wentworth safety and, and continued, you know, ability to be safe and healthy and, and still found a way to find all the bright spots. And, and when you find those, you know, what we've found is that the equestrian community is an amazing place because they come together like you wouldn't believe. And, um, it's a great, it's a great place to be. I really, I'm proud to have so many incredible people for, my daughter to grow up with and look up to. It's it's kind of every parent's dream to have that. Um, I want to thank you for for coming on the show today with Regina and I and and talking to us. And we want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Well, thank you very much, and happy Mother's Day to you guys as well. Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride. Coming up next on our show is Tina Wentz, mother of Jonathan, who is a para-Olympian for the United States, and we look forward to speaking with her. Welcome to the show. Appreciate being back on the show. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Well, that's wonderful. We're uh, so glad to have you. Um, our topic tonight is uh, pretty much about moms and, um, and para riders, and I would say you're probably our most experienced mom in the country. So it's a pleasure to have you on. You know, when uh, Jonathan was in so many great competitions, nationally, internationally, and I'm sure he's, I know he started on the local level as well. What can you share with our listeners about, you know, some of the highlights of being a mother of a para rider and the journey that you went on? Well, it uh, really was an amazing, incredible journey and one that I never would have uh, fathomed. Uh, I started Jonathan on a horse at 18 months for physical therapy using the horse, never dreaming what uh, the use of the horse would turn into and how the love of the horse would develop in his life and become such a incredible vital part of his life, both for his physical therapy, but 
even more so for his joy of competition and uh, sports. And what um, has been the toughest part of being a, being a mom to an athlete, Tina? Well, I think maybe one of the uh, toughest roles is uh, when you're starting young, when they're young, uh, you have to have a, a pretty good hands-on and you are working um, both as a researcher, advisor, groom, um, sounding board, <laughs> uh, and mm-hmm. mother. <laughs> and uh, But then as they grow and mature, to really make sure you're working to increasingly put the reins, pun intended, into their, fully into their hands where they are more and more involved in taking the lead role and uh, actively pursuing all aspects of the sport, sport, sport themselves while you are just in the background um, helping in whatever way you can. And I know some moms have a a harder time at giving up the reins. Uh, Some have a hard time maybe taking on the reins. So, you know, everyone has a unique, um, a unique journey and unique challenges along the way. So Tino, what kind of advice would you put out there? You know, we've got a lot of um, potential uh, young athletes, para athletes um, starting out um, what kind of advice would you give to the moms to like help them, you know, get into the para and and to be successful? What, what are some of the first things you would advise that they do? Well, I think the the first thing I would advise would be to educate yourself. Go out there and learn before you jump in what it's all about, what it requires. Um, what memberships does it require? What the tests are? Where are the competitions? How much do the competitions cost? Are you competing locally? If you're not doing that, um, my goodness, you've got to learn that and get that completely under your belt and feel comfortable with that before I would even consider taking on, you know, the parasite of it. Um, Start building a team. Uh, moms can't do it by themselves, um, even though we even though we try. Um, you've you've got to have the rider, especially with para. You've got to have the rider, a trainer, um, just the necessary help, so that you're not asking others to help uh, you when they're busy helping their rider in their their um, their areas, but that everything is under control in your area, that makes it more fun. That makes you be able to relax a little bit more uh, as you're going to shows and as you're going to clinics and competitions. Really important to start with schooling, like really work up the ladder so you get the experience and people should feel comfortable starting at schooling shows and then maybe regular dressage shows. And so it really is a ladder that you, you climb up to get the experience. Yes. You know, we'll have, I have met para riders that want to go to the Paralympics and yet they have not yet shown at a schooling show, um, let alone a rec- local recognized USEF show. And, 
you know, it's really important to, number one, are you riding regularly? Are you taking lessons um, three to four times a week? Um, then have you, have you experienced going to a show at your barn even is a good place to start where you, where it's a little hopefully laid back and there's help and you can kind of see what's going on. Then going off the premises to a schooling show, but still less stress, but learning so much. But even before you start showing, I would really highly recommend going to shows and again, educating by observation, seeing how a show runs, what, how the riders come and they warm up and they go into the show arena and the timing of that. Where are their stabling? What's it required to do before you get into that schooling arena? What's expected in the schooling arena before you go into the show arena? So just a lot of observation, education, and then starting very, very small with lessons, local uh, barn shows, schooling shows, and then on to maybe your local recognized shows. Kino, we've talked a lot about, to our trainers and some of our riders about finding appropriate horses for our athletes. And I'd like to know from a mom's perspective, finding the right horse for your child, what's that like? <laughs> well, that can become a real challenge. And again, each rider's um, going to be different on their personality. Uh, in my case, fortunately and or unfortunately, Jonathan would climb on just about anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, that sometimes left me as a mom, uh, you know, holding my breath and, and biting my nails. And, um, you know, there were a few horses that I have to say we went through a few helmets. Uh, because of some unscheduled dismounts. <laughs> so uh, it's just like regular riding, too. Even in the para world, um, the moms have got to know that if you're riding horses, there's going to be unscheduled dismounts. Um, you've got to be prepared for that, even though you take all precautions of safety. And you know, I think one I think one thing that's really important when you're beginning is to not get more horse than you can handle. Um, get a horse that maybe isn't going to be the horse you need if you do pursue and make it to the international level, but it's a horse that's going to be calm and confident and that's going to give you confidence and success, and that way keep it fun and keep it safe um, and and learn those basics and have confidence in the basics as you try to improve your skills, then, you know, you too will learn that you'll have to improve the skills that the horse has and the quality of movement that the horse has. But I think when you're beginning, um, temperament of the horse and safety is is, is I feel is paramount, paramount um, to start that base and to have success at that base. 
So it's it's definitely um, appropriate to have different mounts, to buy a horse for what you're going to be doing right now with it and not be thinking that this is the horse that I'm going to be hopefully taking to the Paralympics or wherever. You really need the appropriate mount for what you're doing. Right. It's just like an abled body. Normally, although it's done, normally you don't go out and buy a pre-St. George horse when you're just showing at training level. Um, you, you need a horse with a good walk and a safe, good disposition. And, uh, you know, maybe the trot isn't so fabulous or the canter's not, you know, collected and fabulous but it's adequate and it's safe and it's good and you can learn and show. And once you have learned and you outgrow that horse, then you move up to, you know, a a higher quality horse and a better horse. You know, unfortunately, I think too, that maybe the beginning paras uh, don't realize and that has changed drastically over the last uh, five years, five or, you know, five, eight years, not that long, really, is the quality required of the horses at the international level um, in, the, in, their, in their movement, their um, framework, their, um, uh, their ability uh, is, is, is a really high, stiff requirement, just like are almost equal to our Olympic riders at the Olympic level. Tina, sometimes I know there's some drama created by moms, some drama that is squished by moms, and and some drama caused for, you know, other trainers and things. What's the role of a mom with not only pertaining, like, between you and your trainer, but with other athletes and their parents? What is that role that you play? Well, and I played what my role there was was to support Jonathan and to focus in on his needs, not both in assisting him, but really even assisting him from blocking him from distractions or other people or other things. When we were at high level competitions, his job was to focus on his riding and a mom needs to know what their child needs, just like just as any competitive rider. They have a routine that gets their mindset and gets them ready and prepared to show. And that's really important for the mom and, and the team that supports the rider to know and to protect that routine. Um, and not get involved in the drama. Try to try to squish the drama if if it if it possible. But uh, and to be in the background as much as possible, uh, you know, just to so that people really don't know you're there is is probably ideal. And yet to be uh, available and handy in any way needed by the trainer, by the coach, and particularly by the rider. And when so is it appropriate? for a mom to um, maybe she has a comment or something to say, or maybe something didn't go right in the ring. When is it appropriate for her to approach the trainer after those things have occurred? Well, um, you know, my philosophy is that nothing should be done in public. Um, 
unless it's a matter of extreme safety. <laughs> and then, you know, all holds barred. You've got, you've got to intervene if it's, a, if it's a safety matter. But otherwise, any disagreement or any uh, input or any, anything with the coach, with the rider, with other, uh, with other riders, with other coaches, needs to be done to me in a private, secure setting in a mature manner um, and so that no one else knows that you're getting whatever questions you need answered or whatever you need, but uh, it needs to be done, you know, out of the public eye, That, in, in my opinion. And then also I think a mom needs to really ask herself, is this something I should be asking? Or is this something the athlete needs to ask? And leave it to the athlete if, if that is what is appropriate. Even, even if you have to push the athlete to be more outspoken and more uh, aggressive or whatever in, in taking up that role. But if it's the athlete's role to be asking the questions, then you need to work towards them doing it and them taking the lead and you being in the background. So you have given us some fantastic advice as I would say the most experienced parahorse show mom in the United States. Um, and we really appreciate it because we are really looking forward to helping all moms who um, have their, their, uh, their sons or daughters um, with aspirations of being a para rider. So that is so great. So thank you so much. And before we close up, can you share with us one of your greatest moments as a mom through all the years that you and Jonathan were out there together? Is there a highlight that comes to mind? Well, of course, I think the biggest highlight was at London at the Paralympics. Um, Jonathan had told me when he was 12 years old that he was going to the Paralympics and that he was going to be a Paralympian. And at 21, there he was. And uh, not only was he competing, but he was our top U.S. competitor and just missed out on a medal in the uh, individual championship test. And, um, you know, that was just an unbelievable experience. And then I think the, um, the best memory and the, most, the best gift was he when he completed the freestyle in London? He knew, I knew, his coach knew that both he and his fabulous horse Richter had given absolutely a hundred and ten percent and could have done no more. And um, you know what a way what a way to end a major competition and what a way to achieve your goal. Um, I'm just uh, feel very blessed to have that memory and to have that experience. Um, it was an incredible journey, lots of ups and downs, lots of uh, times we thought, how in the world the door has closed, how are we going to open another one? But uh, just kept persevering, believing, and uh, working hard, and uh, blessed by lots of help and support. And uh, it was just a journey that was uh, not to be missed and just fabulous. Well, that does sound incredible. And I remember that moment in London as well, because I was 
sitting right there with you, and it was something else. And it's pretty cool when someone sets out a, to achieve such a major goal and and actually does it. It's uh, it's quite an incredible story. So we thank you so much, Tina, for being with us tonight, and um, we look forward to speaking to you again sometime. And we're all thinking about you, and we all have such fabulous memories of Jonathan. I think we're all blessed to have uh, known and watched him do what he did. Well, thank you, Regina. I really uh, enjoyed being on with you guys, uh, you and Lindsay, and, and thanks for the opportunity. The following Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week is taken from the archives at the Horse Tip Daily Show. This one is on horse massage. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, today we have back with us Megan Arrow. Megan is one of the leading authorities on animal massage in the country. Megan wrote the book, The Horse Lover's Guide to Massage. She also wrote the book, The Dog Lover's Guide to Massage. Megan is a licensed massage practitioner for animals and people and a professional educator with a master in teaching degree from Seattle University. Prior to her current bodywork career, Megan worked in schools and with horses and enjoyed teaching therapeutic riding for children and adults with disabilities. The therapy horses, as well as their own animals, were her original motivation for learning massage. And we'll be right back with Megan after we speak a little bit about the opportunities available here at the Horse Radio Network. If you run any type of business in the horse world, from the smallest to the largest operation, then we have an opportunity for you. As we all know, the magazines and traditional print media are having difficulties and people are not reading them like they used to. They're getting their horse news and equine entertainment in different ways now. That also means that your expensive print ads are not doing as well as they have and you are looking for alternatives. We have one of those alternatives here at the Horse Radio Network. We have ad spots available on many of the shows and they are effective and affordable. Our listeners are the most tuned in of the horse world. They are the largest demographic. They're, they are really the target demographic that you are trying to reach. For a fraction of the price you are paying for that magazine ad, you could be joining our stable of happy advertisers here at the Horse Radio Network. Drop me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com for more information and rates. Now on to Megan Arrow. Well, hi, Megan. Welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. We do appreciate you stopping by again. Hi, Glenn. Yes, thank you very much for having me. You know, I never thought before I met you that uh, animal massage or massage in general could be so fascinating. It It is. I think it is. I, uh, I've been doing it for about eight years now, and it just gets more and more interesting. Now, how did you learn? What, how did you get to where you are today? I um, first, well, first I saw somebody who had just gotten trained um, to do it, and um I just thought it looked like a really great thing for any serious horse person to know something about, and it looked like a lot of fun. So I asked her where she'd gone, and I and I went and took the same class she had, which was in Virginia, a week-long course. And then I just never stopped going to school, basically. That was <laughs> <I> it. Just, <laughs> yep. Yep. I and, just keep and now you've written and books, and you it. have a website, yep. and all kinds of cool materials on it, and I think that's neat that you found something that you're passionate about, and you're doing it. Yep. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, what are, you, what, uh, what are we going to talk about in the world of massage today? Well, today I wanted to talk about the uh, jaw muscles. 
All right. The jaw muscles on your horse's cheeks. Um, they're called masseters. All right. Um, so the big, the biggest round portion of your horse's cheeks um, are um, padded. The bone there is padded with this masseter muscle that is for chewing. That's sort of the long thing that goes down the side there. The, the, yeah. The, the bump. <laughs> I don't know how to describe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The big rounded part under the horse's eye. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. There's other there's other jaw muscles for the forward and, and cheek and lip muscles also. Okay. But this this is the sort of the in, well on a draft horse sort of dinner plate size. Right. I, I, <laughs> rounded I, part I had of the jaw. Yeah. So they were sort yeah. of dinner plate size. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So um, these muscles obviously work quite a bit because the horses spend a lot of time chewing but then um uh and and they're well suited for that and prepared for that but then when you do talk about you two things one is uh the bit you know with reins depending on what's going on with the rider's hands and this can be you know in some cases the riders either intentionally or unintentionally pulling or just having tension on on one or both reins, um, that has a huge impact on the horse's jaw muscles and the balance of the joint that the that those muscles cross, which is that um, a lot of people might have heard of TMJ, which is temporomandibular joint. Right. So people talk about having TMJ problems um, themselves, so pain in the jaw joint, and the horses have the exact same joint and can get the same kinds of problems. Um, but for slightly different reasons. <laughs> but basically an imbalance of tension in the muscles over time is what's going to lead to problems in that joint. So um, rider issues, and again, sometimes it's the rider intentionally or unintentionally pulling on something, um, or it could be um, the horse pulling too. Some you know, horses, if they tend to hang on the right. rider's hand. I had a pony or, that hung on. She, yeah. pulled, she pulled the cart with her reins. Yeah, uh, with the exactly. reins. Never used the traces at all. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So their uh, their uh, jaw muscles can get um, pretty good in need of massage, and then also after they have had dental work, can be a really good time to uh, that the muscles will be sore and needing some massage, and this is going to affect too the how they wear their teeth, and it can go in either direction. They can. They can have, you know, some jaw problems and therefore brace against the rain or bracing against the rain creates it. It doesn't, you know, chicken and egg kind of thing as so many things are with this kind of work. It doesn't really matter which one it started with, but one's going to create the other. And same with uneven wear of the teeth. If they have, the, you know, where they're developing the points and they need dental work, um, that throws off the balance of the joint which affects the muscles around the joint okay and then at the same time if you have the muscles out of balance because of other things then they're going to put the joint out of balance and then they're going to, that's going to lead to uneven wear of the teeth as well so it can that also can go in now what do you do directions. then to do the massage there okay so uh, lots of different things you can do the simplest would be to um, if your horse doesn't object to having their cheeks held both at once, which some horses will love and some horses might feel worried about having their 
their head contained that way. Right. But if you can just place both palms and fingers, you know, full surface on that area, one on either side of their, you know, standing next to the horse facing the same direction that your horse is. Right. And then one hand reaching under their jaw to the other side, and then the one hand on the same side that you're standing on. You just basically hold their jaw gently and breathe. And if you do that for a minute or two or several minutes, it's many horses will just really get a strong relaxation effect and just really. So all you're doing is holding it then. All you're doing is holding it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can also take your um, couple finger pads, maybe your index and middle finger together. And just with the finger pads, you can um, do a little compress in and do little tiny circles all around the border of the jaw bone and anywhere in the middle of the muscle as well. Just these little compressions. If you imagine each time you compress in and then release, if you think of it as a little um, as a sponge that you're compressing into, squeeze some of the dirty water out and then release it, let fresh water flow back in. That's really actually basically what's happening. It's okay. not just a metaphor. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you're helping because when the, when the jaw muscles work hard and they create waste products from their contractions, those waste products are more acidic and they cause some muscle soreness. So you actually are, by stimulating the circulation that way and squeezing, doing little compressions to squeeze fluids through, you actually are flushing it so that it becomes less acidic and and uh, therefore more comfortable and healthier. All right, good. Yeah. So that's something I didn't know. I didn't know that was an area that you should concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, and where can people learn more about what you do? And, and actually, I know you have a lot of resources that can help them really get a little bit of a start on massage on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, my books, um, One for Horses, One for Dogs, They part one is sort of about how massage works and um, why horses need massage, uh, finding a professional, things like that. And then part two is all teaching techniques and lots of photographs, color photographs, um, showing each technique. Each technique also I'll describe, you know, variations you can do and how to put the techniques together into a session. A little bit about anatomy with each technique just to make it, um, you know, more clear about why, why you're doing that technique. Right. So a little bit of anatomy that applies to it. Um, so those are, those are available on the website and in Amazon. And that's the web, the website is allaboutanimalmassage.com. Okay. And the book's name is? The Horse Lover's Guide to Massage. And it's What Your Horse Wants You to Know. 14 or 15 bucks, right? Yeah, 14.95. Which is reasonable. I mean, that's, that's, that's very reasonable for, you know, it used to be that horse books were, you couldn't buy a horse book for less than 40 bucks. Yeah. And, and I'm just glad to see now that uh, books are becoming more affordable for people. Yeah. And these books just got awarded highlighted title from independent publishers. Wow. Their, Does that mean they get to the top and, of the list? Pretty, yeah. I'm on, yep. Yeah. 
That's for good. this month. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, we encourage everybody to stop over to allaboutanimalmassage.com. And Megan, it will be back with us again sometime soon with another tip and, and how to safely uh, massage your horse. Megan will be back with us periodically with more massage tips. Be sure to check out her website at allaboutanimalmassage.com. There's lots of good information over there. There are over 1,000 tips like this one over at horsetipdaily.com. Check it out today. Tips on everything to do with horses, everything and anything. And you can easily search using the drop-downs on the left side of the page. One of the most common and dangerous saddle fit concerns is the restriction of the shoulder's freedom to move. Some saddles slide over the shoulder blade while riding. Some permanently rest on the top of the shoulders and some pinch behind the shoulders which inhibits full movement and leads to soreness and poor conformation. Short of buying an entirely new saddle, what can you do to give your horse the comfort to freely move his shoulders and perform at his highest potential? The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. An added bonus to the shoulder relief girth's unique design is the elbow comfort feature. The recessed ends designed for saddle fit now relieve pressure for elbow comfort as well. Similar girths can be purchased for over $275. But thanks to the enormous popularity of the shoulder relief girth, we are able to offer them for only $124.95. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. Well, guys, uh, what is coming up next on the calendar for the para riders? And uh, is there anything big coming up? Yes, we have our, our California International Dressage Show, June 11th to the 14th in Rancho Marietta, California. And we should see a good group of uh, international para dressage riders there. Terrific. And what better place to be than California any time of the year? So, of know, course. That, that works. And of course, <laughs> Reese and Philip will be back here next week. Uh, the uh, para stops by once a month. And if you want to listen back to some of the old para episodes, you can go to dressageradioshow.com and just put in para in the search. It'll bring up all the past episodes, and you can listen. to. I think we've been doing this almost two years now, haven't we? That's crazy. I know. <laughs> you were pre-pre, but you hadn't even thought about a baby yet. Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, Regina had. She, had, she was way beyond that. So, you know. Yeah, I, I thought about not having any more. No. <laughs> How many uh, do you have, Regina? I have four sons, 23 to 33. Oh, my God. I grew up in a family of four boys. I know what your house was like. Oh, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, how did it, how, you know, did you 
Did you have all the battles my mom had growing up in a house with nothing but boys? I'm sure you did. Um, it was pretty tough. Um, but overall, they were pretty good. And they, the father instilled a very good value system of respect your mother type thing. And uh, so they were good. We had a lot of fun, though. And the best thing I did was install a urinal in the bathroom. Oh, my so God, you did? So yes, I did. <laughs> The, no more of the. Uh, oh, I gotta remember my mom saying, "You left us. You left the seat down again." See now, in any other house, when you get married, the wife wants you to put the seat down, right? My mom yep. always said, "You leave that seat up, and you never put it down." <laughs> so. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> it was a hundred dollars to buy it, and they installed it when they were building. And man, oh man, I haven't sat on a cold seat ever. So that's hundred bucks we ever spent. That is so the mess. Yep. So that's that's the best advice I could give to anybody who has boys. Spend spend the money, get it, and you'll be forever happy. Now were you happy you had all boys instead of all girls? I did. Actually I wanted all boys and um my husband and I actually we wanted six children and um I couldn't have any more after the fourth one and I then I missed having a daughter, but then I watched my friends with daughters, and then I <laughs> changed my mind um, when they got to be teenagers. And so I love it. Now I'm waiting for some grandchildren and praying that we have some healthy children, but girls would be great because the pony's not going to live in the basement forever. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, well, happy Mother's Day to both of you. And Thank you. So much. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for putting this Mother's Day special together. We appreciate that, too. We always try to acknowledge the mothers because, you know, most of the riders out there, my wife included, would not, and happy Mother's Day to Pat, my mother-in-law, would not be in horses without their moms. So, no, uh, yeah. no. No, it all, Mother's rock. <laughs> it all goes back to that. Well, where can people yep. find out more about the Para Association, Lindsay? Sure. You can find out more at USPEA.org, or you can also go on Facebook and find the United States Paraquestrian Association there. And, of course, you can find uh, the easiest way, actually, to listen to this show is to download the Horse Radio Network app. It's free. It's easy to use. Go to iOS or Android App Store and search for Horse Radio Network. Uh, the Dressage Radio Show is one of eight shows on the app, and you can listen to them all right there streaming or download them to your phone, listen to them on the plane, listen to them while you're riding, cleaning stalls. We kind of determined that most people listen while they're cleaning stalls. So we like to help. Uh, we like to know that we can help. Nice. There's not a more boring job that we all do anyway. You might as well be entertained, right? Right. And that's no more That's right. That's right. And on that note, we'll call it a day. Reese and Philip will be back next week. Thank you, guys. And remember, one man's wrong lead is another man's counter-canner. 